This is day four together of our first week of looking through the book of 1 Kings. And as we get to chapters five to seven, which we're going to look at the next couple of days, we're going to see Solomon begin to build a house for God. You might remember that David had asked to build a temple, the tabernacle, the tent where people of God went to worship God, where there was the Holy of Holies and all that we read about in the Old Testament that was built. David had said, I want to take that tent. I want to make it into a building. Could I do that, God? And God said, no, David, you're not going to do that. You've been a man of war too much, but your son will do that. The next king will do that. And in these chapters, we see Solomon doing exactly what God had said would happen. And as you see what happens in these chapters, you see how you build, how you build a house for God. This was the question that Solomon faced. And the directions that you see that are given in the actions that he takes, they teach you how to build. Now, I first discovered these principles in these verses when I was leading a church in a building program 30 years ago. But it's not just for building a building. These are principles for building a ministry, a company, a family, a life. We're going to see 10 principles together these next couple of days. Let me share with you how it begins. First uh, Kings 5, verses 1 to 4. When Hiram, king of Tyre, heard that Solomon had been anointed king to succeed his father David, he sent his envoys to Solomon because he had always been on friendly terms with David. Solomon sent back this message to Hiram. You know that because of the wars waged against my father David from all sides, he could not build a temple for the name of the Lord his God until the Lord put his enemies under his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side and there's no adversary or disaster. So here he is, Solomon is ready. He's, he's ready to build. He's telling his friend Hiram, I'm going to do this. In fact, he's gonna depend on Hiram for some of these things to happen. And as he begins this process of building, we learn these 10 principles of how you build for God, how you build anything that you want to build for God. And the first principle is this. Principle number one is you build what God wants built. Verse five of chapter five, I intend therefore to build a temple for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord told my father David when he said, your son, whom I will put on the throne in your place, will build the temple for my name. God wanted it built. So Solomon was going to build it. Now, this may sound like a very obvious principle, but I can't tell you how many times people try to build what they want built in God's name, and it's not what God wants built. God wants me to build this career. That's not what God wants you to do. God wants me to build this company. That's not what God wants you to do. You want to build it so you can make millions of dollars, but God wants you over here serving these hungry people. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to use your building abilities to be able to serve those people. I'm not saying that he may not want you to build a company that makes millions so that that money can be used for God's glory. Maybe you want to serve hungry people, but he's telling you, no, I want you in that world. What does God want you to build? That's the key question. Instead of God being on your team building what you want built, when you decide, I'm going to get on God's team and I'm going to build what he wants built, that's the most important question of all. That's where you start. God wanted this temple built. Solomon's going to build it. Question number one. Now, you have to make a commitment for that to happen. God does it through people. Without commitment to build it, it's not even going to get started. So you have to commit to build what God wants built. But if it's something that God does not want built, you might even be able to build it. You might have the skills to build it, but it's not going to last. It's not going to make the difference that it could make in this world. So principle one is you build what God wants built. Principle number two, in verse six, you build with quality materials. Verse six and seven say this. So give orders that cedars of Lebanon be cut for me. My men will work with yours and I will pay you for your men whatever wages you set. You know that we have no one who is skilled in felling timber as the Sidonians. 
When Hiram heard Solomon's message, he was greatly pleased. And he said, praise be to the Lord today, for he's given David a wise son to rule over this great nation. Solomon decides, I'm going to build this temple. The underlayment of the temple is going to be wood, cedar. And he goes and he gets the cedars of Lebanon. These were trees that were legendary for their quality. And he says, I'll pay whatever it takes. Whatever your wage is, I'm going to pay it. He could have tried to cut corners and try to find cedars that were closer. He could have tried to find workers that would come cheaper, but he doesn't. He builds with quality materials. Now, the truth is, sometimes we can waste money and we can go above quality to extravagance in order to impress people with what we're building. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about using the best quality for God's kingdom. Because while the ornate is a waste of money, so is the cheap. Something that comes too cheap, it doesn't last. And many times in God's name, we do things in cheap ways. Let's just be honest about that. Because we want to be good stewards, we say, because we don't want to waste money. But sometimes it's because we don't want to give or sacrifice as much. We have to admit that. If I'm going to build a company, if I'm going to build a ministry, if I'm going to build a building, if I'm going to build a family for God's glory, I have to build with quality materials, get the best learning, get the best people, get the best materials in place. That's the second principle that we learn. So if you're in a company, you want to build a company for God, you get the best training that you possibly can for your workers. You want them to be the best workers they can, and you give them the best tools that you can possibly give them in order to do the work. Build with quality materials. That's one of the principles we learn from God about building. Principle number three is you build bridges while you build whatever you're building. You build bridges to people while you're building the thing that God wants you to build. So while you're building a ministry, a company, or a building, you're building a bridge into people's hearts. First Kings chapter 5, verse 12, the Lord gave Solomon wisdom, just as he promised him. And there were peaceful relations between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty. Solomon used this time of building as an opportunity to build bridges of peace towards Hiram. Now, how are you going to use the building of whatever you're building as an opportunity to build bridges towards other people? Because in every one of our lives as followers of Christ, we build bridges of love and faith into other people's lives as they see our example, as they interact with us. We build bridges of love and faith that Jesus can then walk across into people's hearts. I don't know who it's going to be in your life. Maybe you're building a building and it's some plumber. And the way that you treat that plumber, the way that you're fair with that plumber, or even the way that you treat them in a mistake that they made, they see Christ in that. And in that, you are building a bridge. It might be a building inspector. It might be in a business that you're building. It might be a business partner. In the building of a family, it might be a school teacher who is a partner with you in the building of your kids. And the way that you treat that school teacher who doesn't yet know Christ, but the way you treat them, Let's them know that Jesus is real. How are you building a bridge into people's hearts as you're building whatever you're building? Some people, they get so focused on what they're building that they treat everybody who's helping them like dirt. They treat people in a way that actually pushes them away from Jesus because they're so intent on getting the building built or the church built or the ministry built. If you're building a ministry and you're treating people in hateful ways to build that ministry, you gotta know something's wrong, something's missing because the thing that's going to last the longest is that person. The thing that's going to last the longest is that person's faith in Christ. So how do you build bridges into people's hearts as you build whatever you're building? It's one of the key principles in building God's way. Fourth principle we learn is you build together with others. Never do it alone. You always build together with others. Verses 13 to 16, King Solomon conscripted laborers from all Israel, 30,000 men. He sent them off to Lebanon in shifts of 10,000 a month. 
so that they spent one month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of the forced labor. Solomon had 70,000 carriers and 80,000 stonecutters in the hills, as well as 3,300 foremen who supervised the project and directed the workmen. Now, we wonder how they were able to build such great wonders as were built in the ancient times. It's simple. There were a lot of workers. Here, when you add up all the numbers I just said, there were 183,300 workers involved in this project, this one project, to build this temple for God. Now, Solomon is a king, and as a king, he has these forced laborers. He is able to conscript people to do this labor. But you and I, we don't have that opportunity. Instead, we have to choose. We have to choose to build together with others. We have to choose to volunteer together with other people. We have to choose to get the right people into our company. We can't force them to stay, so we have to treat them in the right kind of way. A few workers, if you've got a big job to do for God, a few workers are not going to get that job done. They're not going to have the knowledge or the energy to get it done all by themselves. Now, in any kind of building project, whether it's a building or a company or a family or whatever you're building, a ministry, in any kind of building project, you're going to be able to find plenty of things that you cannot do, either because of your lack of skill or just because of your lack of time. You can't do it all. And the secret to success is don't let that discourage you. See that as an opportunity. Instead, look carefully for the thing that God has called you to do that you can do better than anyone else, but also look to involve others in doing what only they can do, because that's how God builds. The church is a body. It's the body of Christ. Very clearly in the New Testament, the church and what we're doing in this world, we do it together. No single person can do it by themselves. No one has all the gifts, all the abilities. It takes all of us to build together for God. So number four, you build together with others. And then number five, the last principle for today, and then we're going to pick up five other principles tomorrow when we get back together. Number five is the principle that you build best when you take time to rest. You build best when you take time to rest. 1 Kings 5.14, remember, he sent them off to Lebanon in shifts of 10,000 a month, 30,000. So they were one month in Lebanon and two months back at home. He didn't send them off and just make them stay there until the job was done. He knew they would get worn out. So Solomon was wise enough to have them work in these shifts. One month away, two months back at home. One month away, two months back at home. If you have too few workers, there's not enough time to rest for those few workers. They burn out. And if they don't quit, they get sick. They're not able to think well. The work suffers. Now, there's a very clear principle about you build best when you take time to rest in the Scripture, and it's the Sabbath day principle. God says, In every week, you take one day off as a Sabbath. You take time to rest. You say, there's so much work to be done. Well, then it's even more important than you take time to rest. If there's so much work to be done, if you don't take the time to rest, you're going to burn out. And you say, no, I won't. It won't happen to me. Well, it may not happen physically, but it'll happen emotionally, or it'll happen relationally, or it'll happen spiritually. Now, how do I know that? It's not because I know you personally. It's because the Lord knows us all so personally. And he's the one who said, I want you to take one day out of seven to rest. He knows us. And he knows what he wants to build through your life, how great it is. But he knows in order for that to happen, you have to take the time to rest and depend on him. That's part of building for him. So you want to build something for God? Solomon begins to teach us in these verses exactly how that happens. Now, you and I, it begins with our heart for him and our desire for him. So let's give that to him as we pray at the end of this study today. Lord, we bring to you right now whatever we're building whether it is a church or a ministry or a building or a family or a company or a business or a career or 
whatever it happens to be that you're building into our lives right now, what we're building for in the future. And God, we begin with what we talked about today. We bring it to you. And we say, God, we want to build what you want built. If what we're building isn't what you want built, would you show us what to build? And then would you show us how to do it with quality and with others and, Lord, how to take the time to rest as we're building it. But at the beginning, Lord, we want to build what you want built. And so we ask for your wisdom in that. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. <music> 